Fake news. Mr. President. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Mr. President. I just want to have one thing to say. Mr. President, I'm trying to get a word edgewise here. Fake news put out Mr. President, it's not. It's not fake news just because you don't like it. A few days ago, fake news Enough! Each and every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network brings you the real news with the poor of poor, with the late breaking news that really matters. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Star-Lord, man. Legendary Outlaw. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's Journey into Comics 198. I am your host, Nate. I really didn't plan for that to rhyme, I promise. Kind of always happens on the eights here. Today, joining me back on the show after one week of absence from Kids for Sale. You know him, you love him. On the Journey into Comics Network every other Friday, Chris Plant, welcome. Howdy, 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 dude! How's it going? Uh, I'm I'm good, man. Today's been a good day. I'm I'm uh, I'm in a good mood, and I'm happy to be doing the show again. This is this is always fun. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's great to have you back on here. It's funny because I feel like I've seen you like in less than 24 hours. Yeah, I, I do believe that's true. <laughs> like I feel like we were kind of spending some time together. But before we get to that, what's good in your world, man? Is anything up? Anything new that you haven't? Uh, Hold on the Kids for Sale podcast? Uh, let's see. Um, well, I'm, we're, we're taking a vacation next week, so I'm kind of excited about that. Um, the first couple of days of the trip are a family reunion, which, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it, it can be fun sometimes, but sometimes it's a little boring. We spend, we spend a couple of days in South Dakota where there's not a lot to do. But uh, for the tail end of the trip, we decided we're going to take the kids to, to Wisconsin Dells, so we're, we're excited about that one. Oh, that'll be awesome, yeah. taking the kids to the Dells. I will say it's funny with uh, family reunions. Sometimes, boring isn't necessarily the word for me. Sometimes it can be incredibly awkward. Yeah. I, you know? It, it's So there are some members of my family that it is nothing but awkward. But for the most part, I you know, I get along with all my family from all over the place. So, um, you know, we, we just, we sit around, we drink, we bullshit, we play some cards, you know. It's, it's, it's usually a pretty good time, but there's not much else to do besides sitting around and drinking and bullshitting and playing cards so uh i mean you're in south dakota yeah yeah i mean a couple a couple <laughs> days of that and i'm ready to come home well that sounds like it it's going to be a fun time man vacation's always nice uh i don't really know the last time i guess i guess 2016 was my last actual vacation so it's been a minute yeah uh, but other than that, man, no, uh, things have been pretty okay, I guess, as okay as they can be in my world. Yeah. Uh, we've played some shows. We just had our, our last show at Punk Rock Night in Indianapolis, and that was a blast. Yeah, you, you guys um, gig out a lot, man. We try to. We try to stay busy. I don't like, uh, sitting and doing nothing. Typically, if you've ever noticed our band, like, not do a show for a month or not have any shows planned for a month, Typically because we're doing things like writing new music or recording stuff. Sure, sure. Just trying to get things all lined up before we go into this next step here. So uh, I know that we don't have anything in July, which is kind of by design because I'm I've kind of been burning the midnight oil doing all the podcasting and all the band gigs and driving to help my dad and working. It's like there's only so much of me I can get give to everyone else. So it's nice to have a little bit of a break there. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody needs to unwind sometimes. <clears throat> Speaking of unwinding, I love the beautiful segue that you didn't even set us up for on purpose. We did some unwinding yesterday as uh, we were at an event at Twin Cade in Griffith, Indiana. Yep. Uh, you and Veronica are guest judging karaoke competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? Set up. It was set up by uh, Keith Evans, who I believe has guested on your show before, right? Yeah, he's been on Journey into Comics, and he, he was on Voice of Survival. We had him on Foodies Watching Movies. He's Yeah, he's kind of made the rounds on the network yeah, a little bit. Well, Keith, uh, I guess he's been kind of like the in-house karaoke guy at, at Twincade for the last couple months. Uh, he runs the karaoke every Thursday night at Twincade. 
uh, and they decided to run a contest. So he needed some guest judges and, you know, he hit up me and he hit up Veronica and a few other people. And I guess me and me and Veronica were the only ones that took the bait so far. Um, but yeah, so that, that was the first night of the competition was last night. It was very interesting. My first night, uh, doing like karaoke like that, I yeah. guess. Uh, typically, in my previous experience, all time, I think, was one other time I went to a place where people were karaokeing, but no one gave a fuck that they were doing so. They were pretty much singing for themselves, and it was not good. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, I didn't get up there. I was like, I'm not embarrassing myself. No one even gives a fuck. Like, that's even more embarrassing to me. You know, like, what? who am I doing this for? Right. I, I, uh, I've not... So, uh, the only. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. The only karaoke I have ever really done... Uh, so, you know, I, I'm... All my family weddings, you know, they always hire the DJ that does the karaoke. So, like, my family my family likes doing karaoke because we're all singers and stuff. So, um, I always do karaoke at weddings. And then I do karaoke. Uh, like, my dad throws house parties at his place. All, well, he hasn't done it in a couple of years, but he used to do it, like, every, you know, couple times a year. And he'd hire a DJ and do karaoke at his house. But this was my first time doing karaoke, like, at a bar in front of complete strangers. So it was a it was definitely a different situation than what I'm used to. Had to put your gig goggles back on. Yeah, right, right. And, and almost get into like, okay, this is just a performance for a bunch of strangers, and it means only as much as they want it right. to mean. Let's go. And, and you know what's you crazy know? about it too is like, so I'm the singer in a band. We 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 play shows try to play shows at least once a month or so for the last couple of years so it's not like i'm a stranger to getting on stage and grabbing a microphone and singing in front of strangers but uh this was different i didn't have my band behind me i was literally up there alone and it, it just felt a lot more vulnerable it was a little awkward but i i, I you know i powered through it i i I felt decent after my performance, but I, I, oh, which by the way, I got to, I got to sing a song to open the, the show. That was kind of like the start of the competition was me doing a thing and then sitting back down at the judges table. But how was that for you, by the way, the judging being the, the kickoff, singing? the singing first, like having to be the kickoff. Did Keith give you like the heads up that that was going to happen or so he did, he, he messaged me about a week ago and said something about like, you know, I, if if you guys could be there at like eight thirty and kind of you know have a song or so ready just to to show everybody how it's done kind of thing and and uh, I I was kind of nervous about it I, I mean I was I was prepared for it so I I knew I was gonna go up there and do it but then I was like man if I go up there and I suck and then I have to sit back down and judge all these other people that are probably really good which by the way some of those people like they blew me away like they they were so much better than I was, <laughs> you know, that's, that was, I was really surprised at the level of competition at this thing, but it was, it was, it was, a good it time. was very impressive. It was, it was a good time for sure. Uh, one of the things you actually did like a poll on your Facebook to determine what song you were going to sing. You, you weren't just prepared. You had like a list of songs. Like if I'm going to do it, <laughs> yeah. here are the ones I'm like golden at. Well, yeah, that's and the, the, there was four of them that I'm, uh, they're, they're kind of my go-tos. And then I threw one in as like a wild card that I've never done it before, but it's a song that's kind of in my range and I'm, I feel like I could have nailed it. And of course that's the one everybody voted for. It was Post Malone, but I got up. I got up to the bar and I looked at the crowd and I was like, "This is not a Post Malone crowd. This is not going to go well." So I, I pulled an audible at the last minute and and I did the Cherry Pop and Daddies instead. That which was awesome. Zoot Suit Riot. You were killing it. You had the energy. It was fun. It really was. It it definitely set the night up to be fun. <laughs> and that was one thing. You know, if you go to, you can always go to like a karaoke competition or a karaoke bar, and I'm sure that it can just be really lame, really fast. For sure. For sure. And this wasn't like that at all, actually. Keith did a really great job of, one, keeping the thing moving all night. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I mean, granted, there was a little too much banter, I guess I would say, between the three judges. Like, like when you guys were each giving your uh, critiques, Yeah. Uh, there were moments when, I don't know if it was the lack of knowing how to say what you needed to say to a specific person, but it felt like it was like, I don't want to upset somebody by saying the wrong thing, so I'm going to tiptoe around it for like three and a half minutes. Right, which so. was, I, I totally understand that. It's brilliant. But um, funnily enough, I don't know if you have anything, but V gave me her judge's notes oh, from she? last night. I, I, and there are some 
funny fucking things on this paper. <laughs> I don't I don't have mine on me, but I remember her jotting notes down and showing them to me, and I, I was cracking up a few times throughout the night. Uh, which we're gonna. I'm actually gonna read some of these, not all <laughs> these, but I wanted to point out there was a lady last night who got put in a situation where she was a part of a tiebreaker, mm-hmm. right? She gets a song picked for her, doesn't know the song, and kicks the song's ass. Yeah, absolutely. What? Absolutely. And and it was like, crazy because like, uh, so I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or not, but going into it, like, I kind of didn't want that girl to win, just personality wise. You know, I and I, I know that's a terrible mean thing to say, uh, but like the no, it's not. The, well, the she she seemed kind of snooty. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Yeah, and the other kid that was going up against her in the tiebreaker just seemed genuine, and he was you know he seemed like a really good guy. So it was it was almost heartbreaking for me to like to pick the the girl over the guy because they both did an amazing job. But just the difficulty level of what they were going against the the girl going up there, not knowing the song at all and having to just pull it out of her ass compared to the guy who goes up there and gets don't stop believing by journey, which like who doesn't know that song and who, who can't sing that song. You know what I mean? So like he, he definitely had or at least give it a good effort. Right. He at least had the, the easy difficulty. She had the difficult, you know, the, the hardest she could have possibly gotten. And she still pulled it out and nailed it. And, like, I, I had to give her the win for that, you know? Absolutely. Uh, there's a, a a note on here that says, I've never felt whiter. <laughs> um, I'm not sure that, what song was being oh, sang, man, but there were a that? couple. Which one was that? Uh, um, oh, boy. Yeah, there was a couple of times that that she said that. So the first time was someone came up and did... Oh boy. Now I'm spacing out. I think it was it when Oh, was it was it the date rape? N- or no no no, uh uh I know what she was uh when uh Macklemore Yes, yes. Shop yes, it was Macklemore. Was done. Yes. She told me that. Yes. And the guy the guy came up and did Macklemore like- and and somehow he was even whiter than Macklemore was when he was performing. And uh it was man. <laughs> It was a super white moment, and then I think, it, and then I think that got topped when uh, the guy. W- there was that other guy that was singing like the country songs, and it was like, oh man, the George Jones yes, tune, and it was super slow and depressing, some, and oh, that was a pretty white moment. as It well. killed the vibe of the yeah, room. It absolutely did. Uh, here's some notes from here's some notes from that performance. Depressing choice, buzzkill. <laughs> it was such a pick. Buzz something kill. a little more entertaining for karaoke. Like how into this is he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, and it's also it's also got to be difficult. And we're going to talk about that now, just for a brief second. On the other side of this, you had to judge these people, mm-hmm. and then like be in the same room as them. Yeah. And maybe talk to them so, and then hang out and be cool. So you couldn't just shit on somebody and straight up give them a warning. Right. Well, that's that was the thing that I had a difficult time with. Because when I got there, Keith Keith flat out told me right away. He was like, you, you're going to kind of have to be the Simon of this, you know, the, you know, to be to compare to American Idol. He told me I had to be the Simon Cowell, basically. And I I'm not that guy. Like, if, if anybody knows me, like. I'm not a mean person, and I I find it very difficult to be a mean person. So when people were getting up there, and I wouldn't say anybody flat out bombed last night, but there was some like not good performances, and I, it was hard for me to give them anything less than a three, which I don't think I I don't think I went less than three the whole night out of five, by the way. Um, but I'm I just don't have it in me to be mean like that, and like the one guy, that one guy, the guy that did the George Jones, like probably the worst performance of the night just because he was not a very good singer but I I was trying to say that in a roundabout way but I'm like looking at this guy he's looking me straight in the eye while I'm giving him my notes and like I could tell as soon as I started giving him some negative feedback dude looked like he was about to cry you know and I was like man I'm not about to sit here and make a guy cry at a bar you know it was it was it was hard (laughs) it was a difficult thing to do Definitely, you have to kind of pull back. It's really cool because, you know, V's a part of the network, you're a part of the network, so two-thirds of the judging is, like, Journey into Comics Network built in, which is cool. 
And then I was there last night representing, and of course I I had to kind of clown and make a little bit of a fool of myself and oh, do the tenacious D performance. You didn't make a fool of yourself uh, at all. You nailed that, man. You nailed it. I think that was every really yeah that was one of everybody's favorite performances of the night. Everybody was cheering for you and stuff. They went wild for it. Uh, well, I was just having a good time, man. I was well, a little. I, I maybe got a little drunk. <laughs> well, you, you gave everybody a good time while you were doing it, man. It was awesome. I will say, and and this is karaoke spoiler alert since it's going to be happening next week you're not going to be able to be there you guys are going to be on vacation that's correct so if people are able to and in the area 9 p.m twin cade griffith indiana there's karaoke competition you can still enter because they're still in the preliminary rounds right now getting people to the final round yep so veronica and i have planned a jaw-dropping duet for next week really and Yes, it's not what anybody's going to be expecting. It's her singing an artist that she doesn't particularly like, the artist like as a whole, but enjoys this particular song, and it's going to be me accompanying that with rapping. Oh boy, really fast. So that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> well, there I did, better be that video. That's one thing I told V two is like, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, hope somebody videos it. I'm not going to. But I was going to say, <laughs> I, I, I need uh, to see this. Yeah, probably you probably do. Uh, maybe <laughs> that damn it! Now you got me thinking. Like, okay, maybe I'll bring the GoPro or some shit and set it up just for the sake of having. Well, worst it. case, but, uh, I'm going to talk Keith into one live streaming. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea. That might be a way to get more people in the door too. Because yeah. then you see people who are actually like really talented. That fucking second chick that performed did an opera song, yeah. bro. Yeah, and she and this is me sitting back. And I'm looking, and Veronica's a classically trained opera singer, mm-hmm. and I've heard her sing on like that level, like the the pro level and whatnot. And then this girl's like right there too, and I'm like, wow, that's actually like really impressive. It it was and super. Impressive. Then like afterwards, V's like, here are all these tips. Yeah, who does opera at karaoke? I don't know. It's weird. It was a weird choice, but uh, but you know what? To the think. only thing that I think pulled that performance through was the fact that. Uh, it was a, it was an opera song, but because of Step Brothers, if 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 everybody's seen Step Brothers, which I'm sure everybody has, you know that song, you know. So it was it was a recognizable opera song at the very least. So it was, it it was still decent for the crowd, you know. Everybody knew it. Yeah, you could be entertained by it because you did. It was just it was a it was a surprising choice, I think, is the way I want to say that. I would agree with that. Another thing that's surprising is in all of karaoke last night, and this is why Veronica and I had discussed doing this. No one did a duet. And in, it was in the rules that they could, too. And I, I was surprised that we didn't see that at all. Like, and that's, I think, you know, that'll be a fun thing. I'm hoping that next week more people come out that are different people trying to get into the competition. Because I feel like you're going to have a lot of the people that paid the premium price who are going to be retrying to just have a five-star performance and get the tie break, to the quote-unquote tiebreaker round. Because I think that's how it's probably going to just always happen. Yeah. Yeah, most uh, likely. But uh, and then that was hardcore. You guys had to pick songs for these people. No idea if they know them or not. Yeah. And it was like a fifty-fifty. Two songs they knew. Two songs the people seemingly didn't know. Yeah. I mean, the one girl definitely didn't know. But then Tony at the end, that guy, he didn't know Backstreet Boys. I was so shocked. <laughs> right. You could tell he was he was familiar with like the chorus, like he'd heard it before, but. But he didn't know the verses at all, and he didn't know the dynamic of the song at all, and he, like, but he he pulled it off pretty well for somebody that didn't know it, or he was really good at acting like he didn't know it, so he could get that sympathy vote. <laughs> I guess we'll never know the truth, but <laughs> he's like, shit, that girl did a good job acting like she didn't know. <laughs> right, it. What right. if that happened? What if that girl did know that song and she totally played you guys? Uh, I I will. People are fucking criminal. I was gonna say I will never know because I didn't know the song she was singing either. So same, and I'm not gonna go search it out. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, all right. Well, uh, no, no, no. Well, are you ready to officially start the show? We've kind of bantered yeah. here for nearly 20 minutes, and I think that we've got some shit to cover today. Uh, yep. I'm like, I'm still looking at the karaoke notes, like what I need to read is on that. It's not. It's right in front of me. So we're going to start off with some Disney and Fox updates. Do you know about either of the things that I had sent you with these the, Disney updates? So I, I did read. Uh, I, I'm a headline skimmer, so I had I had seen already. 
that the Justice Department had approved the deal between Disney and Fox. But I, I clicked on the article you sent me just to kind of skim through it again, and I saw that there was some carve-outs on, on the deal. Um, but it doesn't sound like it's anything yeah, detrimental. Yeah, pretty much they've got to get... Yeah, they got to get rid of the sports stuff, like which, which, I mean, as from my perspective, like, who cares? But <laughs> I'm sure they, I'm sure that's a big deal to them. But uh, I, I just want them to get Marvel, like all the Marvel property. That's all I care about. <laughs> I feel like even if Comcast fights through somehow, which we already, I mean, it's also been determined by Fox that the Disney deal is not going to be as much of a risk as if they were to go right. the Comcast route. But let's say Comcast throws one final Hail Mary, which I think they've only got like one day left to do at this point. Well, which would be Monday of next week. Yeah. But it's a holiday, so I don't know how that's going to work. Anyways, but essentially, you know, uh, Disney is always going to get Marvel back. Like, that's not something we need to be concerned with. Really what Comcast was fighting for was all the other shit, like your Simpsons shows and stuff that's on syndication that they can make money on merchandising and stuff for. Right, right, right. That's where they thought they were going to be golden, obviously. But uh, the House of M, if you will, the House of the Mouse, uh, is most likely going to come through with this. Uh, They're going to absolve all that debt from Fox. Right. The Murdochs want Fox gone and changed into the new Fox, whatever it's going to be. So I'm excited. I just hope that uh, we find out soon what the hell's actually going on. And if, because like every time I see something to do with Fox and Disney, I'm like, oh my God, did it happen? Are we officially right. there? And it's just, like, are it's we going to get more numbers? Fantastic and stuff. Four coming back. <laughs> and they're like, well, breaking down this deal, here's exactly how the stocks are going to break down for us. Uh, we're going to actually be getting 1.4% for every Marvel stock. And it's like, whoa, holy shit, I didn't know that you could even do that. I see. I know nothing about that. That was just random and me riffing. I, I, I know nothing about stock markets. So none of that stuff has interested me. It's just the properties that interest me. Maybe that's a podcast that needs to be on our network. The Stock, stock market, market Show, Ugh. teaching you how to stocks. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't need listen to, to well, it. It'd I, be too boring. Well, uh, on one hand, yeah, a little boring. But on the other hand, it's something I genuinely would like to learn, and I know nothing about it. So, I mean, if, if there was a show to break it down, I, I, I might enjoy that for a few episodes at least. I wonder if uh, – how, Shout how out does, to any of you that want to get on the network. I was going to say, I wonder if uh, – how savvy Andrew is with uh with stocks. Maybe that'd be an episode of Adulting Ain't Easy. Ooh, that's a great uh, look at you calling a little audible and suggesting <laughs> something for their show. Well, that was brilliant. Well, I mean, that's that's uh, all, all what their show's all about is adult stuff, and what's more adult than fucking stock market and finances? You're you're goddamn right, man. Uh, idea on kids for sale. I, you're throwing ideas my way. I thought about this. Uh, you guys should. Do of a vaccines episode. I know it might oh, be. Oh boy, it could be difficult. <laughs> but I think it's important because you guys have kids, and I'm guessing all three of them have been vaccinated. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> okay, so we don't need to go into that today. Nope. <laughs> That's just throw that down the line. Let's move into this Chris Hardwick news, sure. man. Last time you and I sat down and talked, a bombshell had been dropped. Yes, Chloe Dykstra came out and said. All this terrible shit. She didn't officially name Chris Hardwick. Correct. But it was pretty obvious to put everything together and figure out what was going on. Correct. I think in like less than 48 hours, he had responded that he was like devastated and heartbroken. Right. And it was like, sure, he and her had a bad time, but it was never like that. Or at least from his perspective, it was never like that. So we were we were recording that episode on a Friday morning and the story had it leaked overnight on Thursday but the official story broke on Friday morning. So it was like brand new, fresh news when we talked about it. And I think it was that night that Chris Hardwick made his statement uh, was that Friday night. So it was it was pretty quick that he came back and said something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he he denies it. And then uh, I th- oh, a couple days later was his wife. Yeah. Chris Hardwick's current wife comes out. And obviously, I mean, stand by your man. Uh <laughs> exactly. Stand by your man for rich or poor in sickness and in health, whatever, right? Yeah, in accusation and not, I guess, is a new thing they're going to have to add, apparently. Yeah. But uh, she comes out and says, look, Chris is not that guy. What? That's not even cool. That's not even right. That's <coughs> the, he's, he's the most gentle, soft soul. This is not him. Right. You know, 
maybe they were fighting and this is her way or, you know, whatever. I don't, I, 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 I digress. Right. <laughs> but then even further beyond that, and this one's the one that's actually pretty crazy. You know, you think about, uh, I, I think about people I dated several people ago and I don't think they would talk good or bad about me. They would just not want to speak about me. For sure. So for two of Chris Hardwick's former girlfriends to actually speak out in his defense amid all this stuff, mm -hmm. it's like, look, I know who I am as a person, and for the most part, in every relationship I've been in, I'm the same bleeding soul person that I've always been. So I don't think Chris Hardwick is going to be like the same one person that all these girls have seen, and then in this one relationship, for some reason, that's, he's a terrible scumbag. Right, that's the biggest thing. That, that's that's the red flag to me is, you know, you're not you're not abusive for just one relationship. It's That's something you that you are or you aren't, you know. Um and and it it doesn't make sense that the one person in the middle of all this is the only one to experience it or, or maybe they have all experienced it and she's the only one that interpreted it as abuse though that you know that's 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 another option but and it's it's hard to take sides on this cuz it's there's still so many balls up in the air and you know you never know how it's going to come down absolutely that's very well said especially in the era we live in now where the I mean, people who are accusing people of doing bad things aren't being immediately shut up and shut down. Right. Their voices are being heard. Which is important. I mean, and it is so important for a culture to evolve where, you know, listen, if some bad shit happens, I should be able to say, hey, bad shit happened. A person's celebrity status should not shut me up. Right. Absolutely. End of story. Absolutely. You know, uh, and I don't know if you know this, and I'm not trying to like super tangent, but the allegations headline has actually hit the metal world recently. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're about to reference. Um, and man, I read the whole um, I was 17, he was 36 yep. Twitter, yep. every single post. Yep. And I'm going to just come out and say that I am genuinely not surprised. <laughs> I am also not surprised. Um, like, I, I hate to sound <laughs> like that's, I'm not trying to sound like a scumbag. That sounds so awful, but. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's, if it's tool, I was going to say, okay. if, if anybody was going to be accused, it, of course it's him. Of course it's him. I mean, that's like their culture. Yeah. Sort of. No, I mean, I don't want to say their culture, but like tool and another thing, like think about the mysteriousness behind tool. They're not on any other albums. You don't see their pictures mm -hmm. in anything. When they do live performances, they're all very dark kind of weird shows with lots of lights. So where you don't really see them. Yeah. So he's like. Constantly hiding in plain sight and in shadow, and man, if this comes out true, is shocking. It, it, I mean, it's not shocking, but it's shocking because it's like it's coming for all the bad people that have done shit like for this. Sure. You know, for sure, it's not gonna. No one is going to escape at this point. Yeah, uh, it's gonna make its way all the but, way around. Uh, <laughs> it is. It definitely is. Uh, but I'm gonna jump back real quick to the Chris Hardwick thing and okay. actually read what some of these statements were. Sure. Andrea Savage, who dated Chris Hardwick in 2002 and 2003, um, wrote an, a little thing that says that uh, she told People Magazine, I've known Chris for over 15 years. We dated years and years ago. He is one of the kindest, most supportive, women-supporting, intelligent people I've ever met. None of, uh, none of this rang true in terms of my experience with him. He's truly one of the least controlling people. That's not the Chris I know. Yeah. Um. And then another ex-girlfriend, Janet Varn Varney, uh, dated him for seven years until 2011, explained that she didn't want her silence on the matter to be misinterpreted. So she said to the LA Times, The last thing I wanted to do was to complicate an already complicated situation, and this statement isn't intended to weaken or drown out the voice of those who have bravely moved us forward in the fight against all forms of abuse. Uh... But I have only grown increasingly concerned each passing day about the myriad of ways that my silence could be interpreted and felt compelled to share my own experience. Over the seven years Chris and I were together, I never, I was never subjected to any kind of sexual abuse or controlling behavior whatsoever. Since our breakup in 2011, we have remained friends. So, man, I, you hear stuff like that. These people don't have to come out and say anything. Right, right. They don't. They're not required to say a fucking word. Right. And they're saying, look, like, 
I get it. In the Me Too movement, everybody's voice needs to be heard. Everyone's story needs to be heard. And if you think you've been abused, you know, maybe things need to be mediated and worked out and talked about or something. You know, maybe there's a middle ground. But these people are coming out and going, look, all I know is my experience and here's what it is. Take it or leave it. They're not trying to sell you on, well, no, Chris would never do this. They, they didn't say Chris would never do this. They said with my experience, that's not the person I know. Right. And I, I feel like that that approach to it is very important because it's they're not trying to validate or invalidate anybody necessarily. Exactly. They're just making sure that the whole story is told, not just one small piece of it. Um, which I, when I, when I say the whole story, I mean the whole story of this person that's being accused of these things, you know? So, well, and then another, and another thing, and I don't, again, not trying to, uh, disenfranchise Chloe Dykstra's story, but one thing I found interesting within the whole story is the idea of being blacklisted in Hollywood. Right. And it makes me wonder do you think that maybe, and I, I'm not, again, speculation, I'm not trying to take away from her story, this is all speculating, maybe she wasn't making it big, she gambled and maybe um, did in fact cheat on Chris Hardwick and broke his heart, was then blacklisted and was trying to find a way in this current era to kind of reverse it, and maybe she does have some texts that are him angry, but they're being taken out of context because he was angry that she cheated on him possibly, I mean... I look at all sides of the story and you kind of as you see more people like say good things, you examine the words of the other person a little bit f more refined, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I uh I guess I I, I would agree with that point. I I'm I know it's hard. It's difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not it's, like you want to say like I know I, she's fucking lying, right, right. but it's it is possible that there are parts of her story that are fabricated based on things that did in fact happen that caused him to be angry or whatever. No, I don't necessarily mean like, okay, listen, if they were in a relationship together and there was a miscommunication about sex, it's happened to everybody. For sure. And I'm not saying like she didn't want it, said no, and then you made her do it type thing. For sure. Just like a, there have been miscommunications in the bedroom in life. So, Again, her experience, different than his experience. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. she was drinking or something and had a mood about her, or maybe he was drinking and had a mood about him. There are so many variables. I don't think we'll ever know the full story, um, at least for now, not for a while. I will say that uh, Jamie Alexander, she was Lady Sif in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. She recently shared a petition to bring Chris Hardwick back. And she says, guys, I've known Chris Hardwick for over 10 years. I knew him through his breakup with said accuser. With the personal knowledge I have regarding this situation, I am choosing to follow my heart, my instincts, and support my friend. And then she shared that uh, the change.org thing to bring Chris Hardwick back to AMC programming. Right. Another big name yeah. coming out in support. Yeah, but... Uh... On one hand, though, I mean, that's great. But on the other hand, should her celebrity status outweigh the non-celebrity status of Chloe Dykstra? You know what I mean? Are we, are, Ooh, we supposed, are we supposed to believe her just because we recognize her name more? Okay. I like that. Uh, that is a great counter <clears throat> because – and it actually brings up a great point because – uh, you hear this all the time, people bitching and complaining and saying like, oh, they're famous. Like, I don't want to care. I don't care about your fucking politic, your political views or whatever. Like, leave me out of it. Don't talk about your shit or whatever. But the, and I'm sorry, go ahead. And similar to this, you know, you're right. She saying something can be a little misconstrued because she does have more celebrity status because she is more well known they're automatically – it's crazy because it's like I can't say there are definitely more eyes on Jamie Alexander because the Chloe Dykstra story definitely blew up and went viral very fast. For sure. I mean, we're two weeks later still talking about mm -hmm. it. So um, I think her name is a little bit better known. But you're right. It is hard to say should – okay, I, I, I guess like if Norman Reedus came out and said like, 
I'm championing for Chris Hardwick to get his job back or something. Yeah, okay, you're a celebrity man who doesn't really have a place to have any kind of opinion on it, really. Right. You know? Uh, so, I don't know, man. It's 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 hardcore, for sure. For sure. Uh, it's 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 a really tough situation, like I said, with, with all the information that's out there right now, and there's not enough of it to really know where to stand on it yet. I mean... I don't. I don't want to discredit anybody at this point, um, just because there's so many names throwing their opinions in on it, and I, I. I don't know. It's. It's tough. It's tough. I. I. He's. He's a guy I really liked and respected, and I. I really hope this isn't true, but I also. I. I don't want to be that guy that's just gonna not believe it just because I like the guy. You know. Yeah, you can't be naive to the possibility that he is this person, right. and this it's, isn't just an accusation, but a fact. Right. It. it, it could absolutely be true and I, I don't know him I, I have no personal stake in this other than just I like him you know I, I like the Nerdist and I like I like I like his podcast I like his network and I like I like the Talking Dead you know so uh, I feel like he's been very important to nerd culture and 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 uh, I don't know it's a bummer if it's true I don't want it to be but it's got it's just it's too early to tell still too early to tell well we'll move on yeah. from that <laughs> Sorry, for got... now because i feel like i feel like we're it's we're not going to escape this story for a while no. much like the stan lee story has been kind of rolling on right and disney this is just one of the stories of 2018 we're going to have to keep covering and bringing up to you guys and letting you know what's going on because uh shit's crazy right now yeah okay uh, to totally divert from that, here's some comic book news. I'm not sure if you're aware of. Walmart's getting in on the comic book game. I was 100% unaware of that until you went, when we were talking earlier about stuff we might mention today, and you said something about it. I, was, I had no idea what you were even talking about. But let me tell you what. the What yeah, they're doing is very ballsy. They are very, very... I mean... Eggs in one basket. They got. They have me going. Man, I guess I might have to start getting some comics from fucking Walmart. So shortly after DC has decided that they're going to be launching a, their new line of 100-page giant comics exclusively at Walmart. So 100-page giant comics at Walmart. You can only get them there. Okay, huh. so every issue will be 100 pages. It's like a mini book, right? right? Yeah. But check this out. They have officially announced the first two major stories that will take place over the course of one year each. First of all, we have Tom King writing a Superman giant with art by Andy Kubert, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, that's great. I love Tom King. He did, he did one of the most recent runs of Batman and it was phenomenal. Great to see him on the Superman giant. Hopefully it'll be great. Not really a big soups reader. Like, I've read some Superman comics. I typically don't stay interested in them yeah. often. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Uh, Superman's he can do everything, and that's that's almost boring. You know, he's like he's too perfect. <laughs> so here's an interesting flip flop. On the flip floppy side, while I just said uh, Tom King, who wrote for Batman, is now doing the Superman giant for Walmart. Brian Michael Bendis, who recently came over from Marvel, who writes for Superman and Action Comics, both Superman stories, will be writing the 12-part Batman giant <laughs> for Walmart. And that's the one that has me sold. Yeah. Brian Michael Bendis with Batman. I'm there. I'm 100% fucking there. Sign me up. I know Walmart's a 24-7. Mm -hmm. I'll be the first in line at midnight. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Like, I'm there. I'm a huge Batman nerd. And... The idea that one of my favorite writers is going to be taking and having his own spin with his own original story, and it's 100 pages every time. Yeah. That's 1,200 pages of story we're going to get in a year on Batman from one of the greatest like modern comic book writers of all time. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've personally, I've never been much into DC. Um, so Batman is something that I have not, I don't know. I, I've never, I'll, I'll, I had one Batman book growing up, and I liked it, but I just never got too crazy into it. Um, what Batman book? Actually, it was it wasn't straight up Batman. It was a Marvel DC crossover book. Um, it was Batman and Punisher. 
Uh, and that's and they awesome. yeah they they went up against Joker and Jigsaw and it was uh it was a good book I I, I really enjoyed it and and I mean it, I I enjoyed it as a kid because it was really graphic and it was, it was so gory and I I mean it was cool to me like the art and it was just amazing when I was a kid but uh, it was a fun book to read then um, but that was the only Batman book I ever got into um, but I I could give this a shot you know I I mean uh, he he's he's a he did Daredevil before, right? Bendis? Yeah. Bendis has done Daredevil and uh, Avengers. And, I mean, See, you name I, it. He, I feel like if, if he was doing Daredevil, that's... I'm not, I'm not saying that that's the Marvel equivalent of Batman at all, but I feel like... I get it, I though. I feel like a guy that could nail Daredevil could also nail Batman. Like, uh, there, it's that same kind of gritty, you know, you that darkness about it, you know? That, that that I feel like that would make a good Batman book. I absolutely agree. I can't wait to see what they do with it. I'm not sure when that's actually launching. I think maybe sometime later this year. Uh, another thing that's launching a little bit later this year, I think as early as mid-August, they're going to start rolling out the beta um, before the app actually drops in 2019. Do you know about the DC Universe streaming service? No, I do not. Okay, this is one I kept from you because I wanted to kind of like bring you another surprise <laughs> and right. throw it at your door. So DC Universe is having their own streaming service. It's going to be like Netflix and Hulu and shit, except for it's going to be exclusively DC content. So all, even though you've got CW shows, the replays will most likely be found there. So you'll be able to go and see all your Flash and Arrow and, and uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl and whatnot oh, nice. there. But also they are dropping exclusive like show content, original content for the app, like a live-action Titans show. Really? A live-action Swamp Thing show. Several, okay, they're doing um, Young Justice League. They only went two seasons and then, like, got canceled. The third season will be on the streaming service. It's a cartoon. Um, they're doing, I mean, they, they, there's a huge list of things, but guess what they're also going to let you do? Hmm. If you have this service, you're also going to be able to have an opportunity to be reading comics on the app as well. Really? Yes. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Have they uh, put any kind of... When did you say that's going to be launching? Um, it looks like the the beta, which you can sign up for now, if you go to DCUniverse, I think it is, .com, uh, you can actually sign up for the beta now, which will start in August, where you'll probably pay like three or four bucks or get early access for a dollar or something. I don't know what the fuck it'll, it'll be. But then you'll have it before anybody else and be able to help make it better before it officially drops, I would say, at the first of next year. Have they talked any kind of price point yet? I mean, are we looking at a, a $10 service like Netflix or are we looking at a $20 service or... Well, if you look at, you know, also CBS recently uh, has their own streaming service, and it's only 3 bucks a month. Oh, yeah? That's where you can get that Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. So it is very possible this could be, I mean, if it's 5 bucks, I'm there. If it's 10 bucks, I'm reluctantly That's, there. Like, ouch. See, 10 bucks is, uh, again, I've never been a DC guy, so it's it's hard for me to justify $10 a month for a, a a series of heroes that I'm not invested in, you know? Although I do have to say, I started watching the flash series, uh, cause I, I've heard you talk about it and, uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm only through, I think I just finished the first season, but, uh, oh. it's, I, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I can't wait to catch up on the rest of it. Season two is probably my favorite season of television all time. Really? On the flash. Wow. Oh, you're going to go that those... big, huh? <laughs> The Zoom storyline, the way they play it, the way they pull it off, the payoff for the story, um, everything that happens in between, the brilliant way they can tie in time travel. I mean, season two opens up a whole new world, and it's definitely like it changes the status quo of the show, and they play it fearlessly, and it's awesome. Well, so you're going to absolutely love to. it. <laughs> totally, totally, definitely. Um, I can easily binge watch that in a couple days if I'm bored. Oh, put season two of The Flash on. I'll watch every fucking episode because it's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, moving on from DC, we're going to jump back over to our buddies at Marvel. Have you ever done VR? Uh, not really. Uh, not really. I, I mean, I did. I've like when it was new, you know, like years ago. I, I kind of they had this thing. Uh, 
I, my family goes to Disney World every couple of years, and they had this Disney Quest. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But, yeah. But the whole they had a lot of VR experiences in in Disney Quest, and I did it then. But it it was old. I mean, that was ages ago that they made that, and uh, it was clunky then. But I mean, it seemed it seemed cool then. But then going back there a couple of years later, and they hadn't updated the technology. It was super clunky, and I I can't imagine it's even remotely that bad anymore. Well, no, it's actually pretty ridiculously awesome. Uh, our buddy David has uh, an Oculus, like, badass, ridiculous setup, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm sure sometime we can invite you over so you can try it out as I'd well. I'd love to it's, try it. It's phenomenal. But there's a new game coming out July 16th, or 26th. Sorry, I fucked that up. July 26th, a new game has been coming out. I've been excited for this since the initial teaser for this game. Okay. It's Marvel Powers United VR. Nice. So you are actually taking control of different major Marvel characters. The game will launch with 18 built-in characters, uh, including Hulk, Thor, Black Panther, Rocket Raccoon, uh, Captain Marvel, Deadpool. There's a couple others, too. Uh, trying to see. Who. Black Bolt. Uh, those are the ones that it says here as of right now. I, I have heard rumor, and I'm hoping that it's true, that within the first patch, or hopefully surprising as a part of the game, will be Ant-Man as playable. That would be the ultimate VR experience to yeah, go that would, tiny. That would be great. That would be amazing. I mean, they can do it. They trick your brain in in the modern VR. It's it's like you were saying when the first like uh, when you could take your phone like Samsung Galaxy S six or five and put it in the glasses or whatever yeah. and like kind of have that VR oh, experience. It was clunky. See the VR I've done is older than that even. I mean it was before smartphones. I think was when Disney made the Disney oh. Quest. So. Oh, okay, okay, I got gotcha. yeah, it. Was super so, old and clunky. You're 360 degrees submersed in this world, and it's it's great. It really is. So that's gonna come out July 26th. Hopefully, I around the end of the year will get, or the end of the month rather, will get an opportunity to have that gameplay hands on and let you guys know if it's awesome, which I'm sure it will be. Uh, I just can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be. It sounds incredible, and I mean that's like every every comic book reader's dream is to dive into the world exactly like that. You know, you get to see it like through your own eyes. You know what I mean? Totally, hundred percent. So, like it says, uh, it has 18 playable superheroes that it will ship with, with eight villains to battle in 10 stunning locations, directly from the pages of your favorite Marvel comics. And it's only 40 bucks, which is not bad. Wow. <laughs> That's, you yeah, can't even buy a PlayStation game for that much. I know, it's ridiculous. Um, speaking of Marvel news, this one shocked the fuck out of me. When I saw the headline, I was like alone and I had to look around in a room where no one was there and just go, what the fuck? (laughs) Dude, Jared Leto just got another gig in a comic book movie. What do you think about this? So I, I like Jared Leto. Uh, and I, 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 so I, I saw like a teaser, like I, I don't know, I, not a teaser. It was I saw an image of him. I, are we are we saying it's it's, it's Morbius? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, totally. Spoiler alert. Yeah, Jared Leto. Yeah. Jared Leto cast is Morbius, um, and uh, I, I mean I'm I'm super into the idea. Like I think he's a great, I think he's a great cast for that. Uh, I I did not see. You know, I know everybody's gonna go back to, oh well, he, you know, he was, uh, he was Joker or whatever, and and nobody liked him as the Joker. I guess is that a thing still? I don't know if it's a thing. I think that his Joker was extraordinarily underwhelming because he did not have very much screen time, and when you have more screen time in the trailers than in the actual movie, and your character isn't developed for fuck all, right? It's kind of pointless. Like he played, no offense. He played the most bland Joker because they didn't give him an opportunity to be spicy. Although they really... they absolutely tried to sell him as the most extreme with all the tattoos and have a grill and all that crazy stuff. Exactly. And, but so I I feel like uh, he needs th- this is essentially to me like uh, Ryan Reynolds was in you know the Green Lantern movie that was super underwhelming and and nobody liked it and. But then he got a chance to redeem himself as Deadpool. 
I, and holy shit, did he redeem himself as Deadpool? I mean, I, I couldn't imagine anybody better for that role. But no, there isn't anybody better. But I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this will be Jared Leto's chance to redeem himself to the comic book world because I, I think that's a cool character, and it's, it's, it's definitely a, a, I think he's the kind of guy that could pull that off, you know. Absolutely. One thing I when I, like I said when I said what the fuck it was more like a shocking. I I agree that the Joker when he was the Joker was very underwhelming. So it did affect my initial reaction of like the news. Oh, right. Jared Leto in another movie, but then like you went down the same path. I went down the same path. Like okay, here's a couple things. First of all, I'm gonna take it. Jared Leto, I'm going to take you completely out of this equation just for one second, and we're going to look at Michael Morbius, the living vampire. Mm-hmm. First appearance, Amazing Spider-Man 101. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is a, he's a fucking living vampire, and he is conflicted. He doesn't want to be this guy, and ultimately he almost becomes an anti-hero because in a lot of Spider-Man stories, Morbius could be the villain, and then sometimes... In a pinch, he has to help out Spider-Man and be the good guy, and and even if it's just for a brief minute. So conflicted is something that I would say Morbius is, and especially conflicted because he's a scientist and he's trying to do the right thing, and he right. doesn't want the, the the vampire part of him to take <clears throat> over. So it's that duality, and guess what? I can tell you without a question, Jared Leto in a duality-based role like that, where it's not just one deg- 100 degrees crazy. Right. He's probably going to knock it out of the park. I feel like he could. And I'm hopeful that that will lead to him and Tom Holland being able to have a crossover where Morbius is in a Spider-Man movie because I would shit. Oh, man, I hadn't even thought that far ahead, but you're you're absolutely right. That would, uh... <clears throat> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I mean, man, it <laughs> would just be... Having him, having him in, uh... uh... Yeah, I, I I got nothing else to say about it. That, that wasn't even something that like crossed my my mind yet. Uh, I I was just thinking of him as Morbius, but I wasn't even thinking as far ahead as getting him with Tom Holland yet. Because ultimately, Marvel and and Sony have kind of talked that I mean, Tom Holland might make an appearance in Venom. It's possible he will be in that movie as Spider Man or as Parker, one way or another, to tie him to that universe, right? Because you right. can't launch a Venom story and not have any Spider-Man and not have any context. It'll be stupid and people won't buy in. Right. Same thing could be said with Morbius, though. You kind of need Spidey to also be the catalyst. Could we see, like, the six-armed Spider-Man and him going to Morbius to try to get it fixed and Morbius ultimately turning into the living... I mean, there's, there's so many options for this. And then it would be really cool to have, like all these big names that are playing villains in these Spider-Man spinoff movies at some point do like a Sinister Six style team up against him. And that's way future tripping. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to lay the fucking carpet out for me, especially with how great the MCU has been, I'm going to go down the carpet and tell you where we should go. Right. For sure. And that's the place. How badass would it be? Tom Holland, Jared Leto, somebody else like Michael Keaton, let's say, Three more people we still haven't officially. Jake Gyllenhaal would be one of them if he's going to be uh, Mysterio. Yeah. Um, and then two more. Those are all big names to go up against Tom Holland in a Spider-Man movie. That would be that would be nuts. fucking nuts. That would be nuts. <laughs> it would be nuts. It it would it would break the internet and the world for that matter. So yeah, I want to say though that while you and I are pretty jazzed on this idea, the internet can be a fickle bitch. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to go to the internet and read some uh, some internet reactions here. Uh, one person says, "Is anyone excited about Jared Leto being cast in geek properties? Does anyone want that? Why does Hollywood think we want that? Not just one studio, but multiple studios. I don't understand. I disagree with that guy. I 100% disagree. Another guy says, when I think of Jared Leto as Morbius, this is what I think of. A refined gentleman with exquisite taste that turns into a full-fledged beast at night. Dead on. Yeah, I'm, I agree with that one. <laughs> um, let's see here. We move on to can't wait for the dumb as hell stories about how Jared Leto decided to bite heads off of bats to prepare for playing Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, That's pretty that good. one got me. Yeah. That, 
That one definitely got me. Yeah, that's good. Jared Leto is trying to ruin comic book movies one at a time. I don't know about no. that one. No, that's not fair. Okay, so, man, people... I will say, okay, so people are kind of shitting all over this. Is Jared Leto going to make a movie for Marvel, Sony, and still be the Joker for the DCEU? Ooh. That's actually a great question. Because you don't... You, you, I can't, at least for me personally, I can't name anybody who is currently starring in Marvel properties and also starring in DC properties. The closest thing to that was Zachary Levi, who was in all the Thor movies, Mm -hmm. but then he died in Thor Ragnarok. No spoiler there, because it's like the first 20 minutes of the fucking movie. Go watch it. Right. (laughs) Uh, and, And now he is Shazam. So... He he's not in Marvel anymore. Now he's in DC. So is is this also maybe Jared Leto if he's gonna? But guess what? Jared Leto's already responded and said the movie, the Marvel role, will not affect his Joker role. Right. Um, I'm looking at that headline right now too. <clears throat> so it's I don't know, man. I'm I'm jazzed. I'm excited. We'll see if the movie actually happens. I will say that while you can cast somebody all day and come up with a name and get hype and get people like talking about it, you still I want to see production it. shots. <laughs> right. Exactly. I want to see the production <clears throat> shots. I want to see him in the fucking science gear. I want to see him in the fucking Morbius attire, freaked out with the fucking crazy haircut and shit. Like, then I'll get really hyped or know whether the movie's going to be worth it or not. For sure. But to be determined. Yep. We've got a couple more things here, folks. TBD, yes. (laughs) So we're going to actually have a debate here, and I'm not sure what side you're on, and I'm not really sure right now as I'm telling you this what side I'm on. Since you you talked about it, I've been trying to decide for myself if if I know what side I'm on. But Can a lightsaber, theoretically, if lightsabers were real, could a theoretical lightsaber cut a theoretical vibranium shield, i.e. Captain America's shield? One thing I know in the Star Wars universe, anytime they're doing anything and there's metal involved, all they do is plunge their fucking lightsabers deep the fuck in, yep. and then they can carve shit out. Yeah, and so when when you first sent me this idea to talk about this, uh, the very first image that popped into my head was uh, Kylo Ren throwing that temper tantrum and just slicing... I, like that computer console just oh my to god pieces, yes just, i mean just shredding through it like it was paper um and I, I realized that that is not made of vibranium but still just how effortless that was yeah like he wasn't even trying right he was just flailing about i mean it's 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 a sword made of pure energy essentially you know i i, I i'm i would almost have to go with the lightsaber on this one i, th- I think the lightsaber would be able to it, it might not be as effortless as that, but I feel like a lightsaber is going to be able to cut through vibranium. I, I, that's, I'm going to say that's where my vote lies. Okay, so thinking about it, I am going to counter you, and I'm going to have a, an argument for oh, the reason shit. to counter you on this. <laughs> okay. Uh, a, a line of reasoning, if you will. <clears throat> vibranium. Uh, per what we know from Black Panther, what we know from the MCU, what we know from comic history, is the most versatile metal Mm -hmm. created Mm -hmm. you can weave it into your clothes you can make it into refined metal and have shields weaponry whatever you want but you can also utilize it to do what create energy fields okay so now you have an energy field energy fields exist in star wars yeah and guess what they time and time again can stop lightsabers so, I mean, I'm I, not I, saying, but I'm just saying. I, think, yeah. I know that it's a vibranium metal. I think. I think you as might. The shield. You might have me on that one. I, but I, but but then again, I don't. I don't rightly know what are the parameters here. Is Cap holding the shield? Is it just Joe Schmo holding the shield? Mm-hmm. What kind of person is holding the lightsaber? Is it me and you doing this? test and i'm swinging the lightsaber with all like glory to try to myrtleize that shield and it throws me back or am i just trying to like dig in like in the star wars movies and cut around it or the parameters yeah. i think aren't set enough for me to know what the right answer is 
yeah, that's 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 pretty fair. That's pretty that's that's very fair actually. Um, the other thing I was thinking too is uh, what's uh, I'm I'm gonna trip up on this. I think we talked about this last time. What were what were the aliens in the first Avengers movies? Just uh, sh- sh- the Jatari. Jatari. Yes. I, I kept wanting to say Shikari, but I, that's the name of a band is Enter Shikari, and I was like, no, that's not right. Chitauri. They had like some kind of energy weapons, you know. And yes, they did. And Cap's shield just straight up deflected those. So also true. What what kind of energy were they using? And it would, was that energy be? I guess that can't be comparable to a lightsaber though, because we didn't see that really just going through everything. It would it would hit something, and then there would be like an impact spot, and you know, I don't know. That's that's it's there's there's so many variables here. <laughs> but I, I Mark Hamill weighed in. Yeah. He says, in the Marvel Universe, no, it couldn't cut through Cap's shield. In the Star Wars Universe, well, Luke wouldn't fight a hero, Mm -hmm. but if asked to do so, he could cut it into a million little pieces. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, That, uh... Uh Uh-oh. Chris Evans responds to this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He says, foolish. Now I have vibranium ninja stars. (laughs) I guess that's a good response. (laughs) I guess so. Uh, I don't know. This is like an endless battle of... I feel like we should come up with more of these impossible scenarios like in future. I don't know. I'm going to ultimately... My final answer is going to be Cap Shield does not get cut. Shield does not get cut. I, I'm I'm gonna lean with you on that one. I, I originally was thinking the lightsaber, but I mean, the more I'm thinking about it, the things we've seen Cap Shield deflect and the things we've seen Vibranium do, like, yeah, you're you're probably about right. I think so. I mean, I don't mean to be right. No, well, I just, I just... I, I, we may never know, you know, I don't, unless they decide to actually weigh in from the marvel universe and and make it canon you know Ooh, that would be interesting i mean (coughs) disney owns the rights to both there are comic books that exist oh that would be a crazy crossover if star wars crossed over into marvel holy shit yeah speaking of that's a great segue by the way do you know about this what's what's this there's a massive rumor after the events of Solo and how poorly it did at the box office, whether that is backlash from The Last Jedi and people not liking how that movie was and as a way to boycott it, they didn't see Solo. I don't know. I digress. But it seems like Kathleen Kennedy might be getting ousted from her position of being uh, the leader, if you will, of the Star Wars movies, the person that kind of is like the Kevin Feige of the, their universe. Really? Do you know who they want to replace her with? Mm-mm. Kevin Feige. No way. Yeah, but here's the thing. So they said that this talk is that September is going to be when the changing of the guard happens, if it happens. Essentially, if Kathleen Kennedy is ousted, it will happen before we move into the Christmas season, probably around the time we will see the first trailer for Episode Nine. Uh, but of course, the most important person to ask is Kevin Feige. Like. Will he be taking that spot? Is there been any talk to him? Have they offered him anything? And he said, no. The only Star Wars movies I make are in my backyard with action figures. <laughs> well. Which seems pretty just like play it cool. Right. Right. Absolutely. I, would it, you think he'd have too much on his plate then, though? It's too. Well, here's the thing. I feel like. Feige is at a point in Marvel now where you've got Louis Desposito and you've got all these other guys who have stepped up to the plate and have been helping. I mean, the Russo brothers are a great example. James Gunn is a great example. Taika Waititi and Ryan Coogler and all these guys, they all have been helping make Marvel bigger by making it not just about them. And they have meetings all the time and there's all this talk about the future of the of the MCU. It's highly likely that Kevin Feige could pass everything down to 
Louis Desposito and be like, look, Louis, if you're not sure about something, if you're not 100%, run it by me. Right. But I know it's in good hands. I trust that you guys can do this, and I can go make fucking amazing Star Wars flicks that are going to blow fucking people's gourds. Right, for sure. You know? And he will, and that's the cra- – and not to say – look, I love The Last Jedi. Available on Netflix right now, by the way. Yeah. Uh, did you like The Last Jedi? I did. I did. It's it- – <sighs> It's. I know everybody's saying that like the Star Wars franchise has been ruined, but I, I don't. I don't feel like that's the case at all. I think it's different than it used to be. Uh, you, you can definitely feel the Disney in it, um, but not in a bad way. I, I feel like they're making it. I feel like they're making it way more enjoyable for families than it ever was before, um, and I think that's. I think that's a good move, you know. And I and I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed both of the movies so far, and I've. In, I enjoyed uh, Rogue One. I did I, absolutely. I have not seen Solo, but Rogue One I thought was incredible. So I, I mean, I think they're doing good things with it. Um, I, I guess I'll have to check out Solo to see why everybody is so unhappy with it. But um, I've from from the people that I, you know, whose opinions I trust, I, I've heard nothing but good things about Solo. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm with I'm with the Star Wars universe right now. I'm I'm I like where they're going. I also do as well. But I think that's going to do it for today's show. Before we get out of here, as always, folks, check out the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com, where you can get Journey into Comics, all the different shows on our network, whether it's uh, The Poor Rapport or Foodies Watching Movies or uh, Adulting Ain't Easy, kids Journey into Wrestling, Kids for Sale, <laughs> Voices Survival Podcast, Brews with Dudes, Podcastrophy. You can get them all on our network, all nine shows, journeyintocomics.com. On all the different podcasting services, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, or Spotify, just search Journey Into Comics Network. That's where you can get us. Or go to patreon.com backslash Journey Into Comics. Give us a dollar early access or three bucks for early access and exclusive content, including new shows that are coming very soon. Chris, thank you so much, man. Well, thank you again for having me. Dude, it was a blast. We are only two weeks away from episode 200 holy shit we're right there um we hope that, to see you guys on at LafiCon last weekend uh for this episode of journey into comics it's journey into comics 198 i've been nate and i'm chris as always tip your hats back open your brains and fill your brains with shit later later <laughs>